Welcome to the Pascal Ngwe Podcast. Pastor Pascal is the senior pastor of Alive Bible Church, a vibrant and growing church with branches across South Africa. Pastor Pascal is an anointed teacher of the Word of God who makes the Bible to come alive. Get ready to be empowered as you listen to the Word of God. Deuteronomy 28 verse 13. The Bible says, the Lord will make you the head. Say amen to that. You will not make yourself. God will make you the head. Hallelujah. The Lord will make you the head. Not the tail. Not the tail. And we learned last week. Can I have all the dancing stars take the first rows for me there? Just the first row. Just the first row. Yes. Thank you so much. Just occupy the first chairs for me. I'll appreciate that very much. Now, the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. Number two, if you pay attention to the commandments of the Lord your God that I give you this day and carefully follow them, you will always be at the top, never at the bottom. We saw last week that this is our portion as children of God. God says to you and me this morning, if you will care to follow what he is teaching you from his word, what you are learning from God's word has the capacity to lift you at the top and to keep you there always. I know it sounds kind of impossible because we're not used to that. But that's also because of what I thought last week. There are reasons why people are not at the top. One of them is disobedience. Other one is ignorance. We spoke about that last week, didn't we? Now, this morning I want to introduce you to something else quickly. Go to Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 5 and 8. Look at this verse. There is an evil I have seen under the sun. The sort of error that arises from a ruler. Fools are put in many high positions. While the rich, meaning those who actually deserve those high positions, they are occupying the low ones. Say mercy. Yes. Fools are put in high positions. Look at verse 7. I have seen slaves on horseback while princes go on foot like slaves. And that's the error Paul is speaking, I mean, uh, Solomon is speaking about. says, I have seen fools in high positions. And wise and intelligent and highly gifted people are rather occupying lower positions. No, if you've been around, if you've been on earth for a while, you will see that there's a lot of things that don't make sense. Like you will look at someone and say, how did this guy get here? And you will also have seen people that you feel this guy deserves to be there. And you are wondering, what is he doing here? Maybe that is even yourself. That many times you have felt, I don't deserve to be here, but based on what is going on in my life, based on what I know, based on what I have achieved, I'm supposed to be here. But I'm here. I have seen slaves on horseback. A slave has no business being on a horseback. But I have seen princes on foot. Tell your neighbor it's an error. It's an error. It's an error. Meaning, it's not supposed to be like that. 
What pastor is talking about? Things that are not supposed to be like that. I have seen not so beautiful girls getting married. And I've seen a lot of beautiful girls die unmarried. It's an error. It's not supposed to be like that. But it's happening like that. Or maybe I'm talking to the wrong people. You guys, you've never ever seen something that looks a bit funny. That this doesn't seem to be right. You find a guy has all the qualifications. He has all the intelligence. He has all the resources. But he's lower. And you find another person that maybe didn't even go to school. But they're up there. Making decisions for the people who went to school. There's a certain president I know. He was reading a speech. And while he was reading a speech, he came across a number. That he was supposed to also read that number. I don't know if you got, I don't know, I don't want to, I don't think you know that president, but I've seen a president reading a speech coming across a number and he couldn't read the number. But he is leading the country. The numbers are reading him, he can't read them. positions. High positions. It's an error. It's an error. It's not supposed to be like that. Are you listening to me? Sit down. Listen. Now, Solomon introduces you to the causes of the error. Whoever digs a pit shall fall into it. This verse, I have used this verse to fight many enemies in my life. People are always digging pits against other people. But when you learn this verse, you start confessing it. Whoever is digging a a pit against me, he will fall inside that pit himself in the name of Jesus. (laughs) The first cause of error is that people dig pits for themselves. I have seen an error. Princes are on foot and slaves are on horseback. Why? Whoever digs a pit falls in it. A lot of us are not in the lower position because of anybody's doing. We dug that pit ourselves. Like, if you look at your potential, the capacities that God gave you, you can clearly see, I deserve to be here. How many of you have seen two people walking on the street, a guy not looking so good, with a very beautiful woman, and you felt, I'm supposed to be the one holding the hand of this guy, that this guy is holding right now. How, how many of you have felt like, you, 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 you felt like replacing him on the picture, and putting yourself in the picture? The question is, why are you not the one holding her hand? You need to think about it. Why are you not the one in the magazine cover? Could it be you dug a pit 
I'm not talking about the digging of the pit this morning, but I want to help you. See, if you read that whole verse 10, he introduces you to the pigs that the princes dug. These princes that are on foot, there are certain things they did. One of them was that these princes were lacking direction. He says in, I think verse 15, he says that they don't know how to go to the city. When you don't have direction for your life, you are digging a pit for yourself. The question I want to ask you is that, do you know where you are going? Do you have direction for your life? Is there direction in your life? Is there direction? Because if there is no direction in your life, no matter how great your potential is, you have dug a pit. You have dug a pit for yourself. Let me have my brother sit a bit better. I might, I might not be T.D. Jakes, but I think I'm preaching quite alright to be sleeping on the second row. Praise the Lord. Please help everybody sitting next to you is your responsibility. Make sure you have a good neighbor next to you. He can sit a bit better. That's right. Even in class, you are sitting much better, my son. I mean, you can't sit like that. I'm trying my best. Hey. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Listen, lack of direction is a pit you are digging. If you cannot clearly tell me where you are going with your life, you have dug a pit. Chances of you amounting to much are very little. Number two, lack of discipline. Lack of discipline. Most people that are supposed to be high, that are low, is because of lack of discipline. Lack of discipline. You cannot achieve greatness if you are indisciplined. You can't. Can I tell you something? A lot of great people are on our streets. Not because God didn't create the top for them. Because of lack of discipline. Lack of discipline. Lack of discipline. They are at the bottom. You must have seen a singer that sings so well. They have such a good voice. But they are not in record labels. Lack of discipline. Lack of discipline. So, first of all, lack of direction. Then there's lack of discipline. You are not well disciplined. When you are supposed to be studying, you are watching TV. When you are supposed to be sleeping, you are partying. When, when, when you are supposed to be connecting, or when, when you are supposed to be praying, you are wasting. So, you are, you are not doing the thing you are supposed to do at the time you are supposed to do it. So at the end of the day, when we put all plus, 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 equalizing, zero. No matter how gifted you are, if you are indisciplined, you will never go far. I, I feel I'm talking to the wrong church. I don't, I don't think that you guys understand what I'm trying to say. Why are people that are supposed to be high-low? They don't have discipline. They don't have discipline. Businesses that are supposed to become multiracial, multinational are still just in a local place. One business in one corner. Why? The, the owner of the business is indisciplined. He never takes time to check expenditure with profit. How much am I making? How much am I spending? Is it balancing? 
No, it's my child's, it's my child's birthday. Take all the money. Let's buy, let's, let, let's buy, let's buy a big cake. Let's, okay, okay, no, no, we'll come back to the business. The, the person that is your caretaker is saying, the money is finished. He's, no, 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 don't worry. It's my child's birthday. It's my child's birthday. Just, just buy everything. Buy three cakes. Invite all his friends. Let's go to the school. Let's spend. And then, and they must know me. And then, and then you wonder why the business has remained at the bottom. You are not disciplined. You are not disciplined. You are not disciplined. A girl that God prepared to marry a good guy went to school, supposed to be studying, start opening the legs. Before you realize, before you realize, one baby has come, two babies have come, and the people are not her husband. And by the time, by the time she meets her husband, she has a whole country following her behind. is following her behind. By the time she meets the person she's supposed to marry. Lack of discipline. Lack of discipline. I, I don't feel I'm talking to the ratchet. I don't think I hear people you understand what I'm talking about. Lack of discipline. Lack of discipline. Not that God chose this for you. God has said you shall be the head, never the tail. But why are you at the tail? Why are you at the bottom? Lack of what? Discipline. First of all, there's lack of direction. You don't know where you are going. Then you don't have discipline for your life. You don't have discipline. You talk at the wrong time. I'm talking about the first reason. People that dig their own pit. They are at the bottom because they, this pit, nobody dug it for you. You dug it for yourself. That's why you are inside you're supposed to be at the top, but you're at the bottom of the pit. What has caused this? Lack of discipline. Lack of direction. Another one. Lack of diligence. Diligence means hard work. Raw definition of diligence is what? Hard work. Hard work. Hard work. Hard work. Hard work. Hard work. The, I think somebody said the only place where success comes before work is in the dictionary. The only place on earth where the word success comes before the word. I get it, success starts with S and work starts with W. So the only place on earth where you can have the word success before the word work is where? In your dictionary. Only there. Only there. And as a matter of fact, when we come about hard work, hard work comes before success. If you take hard, H comes before S. So you have hard work, real success, which requires hard work. It will say, come before, like hard work comes before success. Hard work. You want to be successful. Are you hard working? Are you on the job? This is why the princes are on foot. And the slaves are on horseback. This is why people that are supposed to, fools, go back to my verse, fools are on high position. Fools. Have you seen a fool before? <laughs> Foolishness talk about poor quality decision making skills. Like when, I, when I assess your intelligence, I can clearly see that you are not thinking well. Yet you are having the destiny of so many lives in your hands. 
fools are put in many high positions. Many high positions are occupied by fools. Why? Because the, the real occupant of those positions are not willing to pay the price. Which is number one, what? Get direction, get disciplined, work hard. There are many, but I can just give you those three for the sake of my time. Get direction, get disciplined, work hard. Get direction. The business must have a direction. You can't just, no, 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 I'm just doing it, we'll see. Ah, we'll see what? You can't just say, we'll see. What is the direction of your life? Is there a direction for your life? Have you written it down? Do you know where you are going? Do you know what you want to be? Is there direction? You see, the reason why there is no direction, that's why there's a lot of distractions. Because there's no direction. You haven't set the course. So any course goes. You haven't set the course. If I decide I'm going to China, from the moment I say I'm going to China, every other location and destination is cancelled. Because I have set the course, I'm going to China. But if I don't know where I'm going, anybody can come and say, let's go to Japan, I'll go. And I will say, no, let's go to, to, to Israel, I'll go. And because I don't have a clear direction where I'm going. Please tell the person next to you, set direction for your life. Set direction for your life. Clear direction. Clear direction. And the Holy Ghost, and you coming to church, it will assist you in setting a direction for your life. That's why we are here. You know, I don't understand how human beings are. It's just that, you see, the Bible is clear about this and that sometimes, the Bible says that light has come into the world, but people have loved darkness more than light. If I was in this area and there was a church like this, a church like this where this type of things are taught. I'm telling you, I will sleep here. I'll sleep here. If I was you and there was a church like this where I stay, where things of this nature are taught, my God, my God, Isn't the Bible says that wisdom cries in the streets, but people don't pay attention. Wisdom screams in the streets, but people don't pay attention. And they pay for it. They pay for it. The second reason, Ecclesiastes chapter 10 verse 8, the second reason why princes are on foot, is that reason right there. He who dags a pitch are falling it, Whoever breaks through a wall may be beaten by a snake. That's the second reason why people are at the bottom. They are beaten by the snake. And that's what I want to talk a little bit about this morning. It's going to be a bit uncomfortable. But if if you are interested in being helped, you will be helped. Your Bible opens up with an enemy of mankind in the form of what? A snake. When you are introduced to the second reason why people are at the bottom, people that are supposed to be at the top are at the bottom. The first reason is they dig things for themselves. Like what is going on 
you find out that to the greater power you are the reason yourself. Like you are, you've caused this thing to happen. But sometimes you are not the, the main reason why it's going like that. Sometimes there's another force fighting you. The snake. Yes. The beating of a snake will have the same effect than the person digging a pit falling in it himself. What do I mean by being beaten by the snake? I'm talking about satanic manipulations. In other words, your life is the way it is, not because you are not working hard. I mean, you will know that you are a hardworking person. I mean, you try. <laughs> I mean, you even know where you are going. By the way, you, you have clear direction. But still, still, things are low. When you check the pit and you see there's no pit around you, but you are still down, turn your attention to the second reason. The beating of a snake. What is pastor talking about? <laughs> Satanic manipulations. Basically, witchcraft. Oh, yes. This morning, let me quickly talk to you about witchcraft. In the church. The title of my message, Breaking the Power of Witchcraft. Can a Christian be affected by witchcraft? Is it possible? That's the question I want you to think about. If I gave my life to Jesus, can I still be, sit down, can I still be a victim of witchcraft? Can I still be beaten by a snake? Is it possible? First of all, understand that witchcraft is listed among the sins of the flesh. Galatians 5, 19 to 21. Let's quickly run through them. Number one, the acts of the flesh are obvious. Obvious. One, sexual immorality. It's interesting that anywhere Paul was speaking about sin, he always started by sexual sin. And people have criticized me that I talk about sex a lot. But nobody attacked this issue more than Paul. Sexual immorality. Number two, impurity. Number three, debauchery. Number four, idolatry. Number five, witchcraft. Another one, hatred, discord, jealousy. Fits of rage, selfish ambitions, dissensions, factions. Next verse. And envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this, those who live like this, will not inherit the kingdom of God. They will not. I'm not the one saying it. Paul told us. 
He mentioned a list of things and said, people who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. My message this morning is not about all these things. But you can see each one of them has the capacity to take you down. Now, here's my problem with us. We know of people that are struggling from drunkenness, don't we? And they are, and they are Christians. Or, or you don't know of anybody that is struggling with... You, are, you might even be the one yourself. You are sitting there like that. You are struggling with this thing. The last fight you had was not against evil spirits. It was a tavern fight. A tavern fight. Over a black label against a castor label. Don't bring yourself. Drunkenness. Go back to the other ones. Do you know anybody that has jealousy? And they are in the church. They are in the church like... They are, they are attending church perfectly, but there's jealousy inside your heart. You see, we don't mind all these other ones. Like we even know like ourselves, we are even struggling with them. But I'm interested, it's interesting that you notice that the same verse where we are talking about jealousy and hatred as things that affect Christians. Because Paul is speaking to the Galatians, which is a church. He's also mentioning witchcraft. But for some reasons, we believe that a Christian can be affected by jealousy. A Christian can be affected by sexual sin. A Christian can be affected by all these things. But a Christian cannot be affected by witchcraft. Even though it is mentioned in the same verse. It is mentioned in the same verse where jealousy is mentioned, where hatred is mentioned. And you know a lot of Christians that are jealous. And you know a lot of Christians that are hateful. You know a lot of Christians that are sexually immoral. But you don't believe that a Christian can also be affected by witchcraft. It is is mentioned there. There it is clearly. Witchcraft. Witchcraft. What is witchcraft? Because a lot of you, when you hear witchcraft, you are already thinking, you are seeing somebody with a Boeing 007. Local, 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 local aeroplane. And you can't connect the two together with your life. I mean, me. No, it's not possible. I've never used a broom before. What is witchcraft? Listen carefully to the definition. Witchcraft is any manipulation in the realm of the spirit affecting the physical realm. A manipulation in the realm of the spirit that affects the physical realm. However, it is not authorized by Jesus or by the Holy Spirit. Rather, it is authorized by the kingdom of darkness. That's witchcraft. 
any manipulations or operations from the realm of the spirit that has a bearing in the physical realm. Yet, that manipulation is not authorized by Jesus. It is not authorized by the Holy Spirit. It is influenced by the kingdom of darkness. That's witchcraft. Thank you. Listen to me carefully. There are things that happen on earth and we can trace their causes on earth. If I go to a restaurant and I get given food that is not well cooked or food that is damaged or something. I mean like this, maybe it's, it's, it was already spoiled and I eat it. Do you understand? Then I go home, I start having high fever. I start feeling some way. Then I know as I go to the toilet or as I start vomiting, I can quickly interpret why this is happening to me. I just ate something in the restaurant and I think this is the reason why I'm vomiting like this. There are many things that happen to us like that. If you sleep outside in a cold winter, you catch flu. And you cannot say it's witchcraft. You will understand very well that, look, I think I slept outside. This and this happened. That's why I'm like this. Am I making sense to you? So the operations and the manipulations are physical and the effects is also physical. I can see that this is what happened. This is what was done. And this is what, that's why I'm not here like this. this like this is caused by this. Make sense? However, there are things in our lives to which we cannot trace the origin. Like something is happening to you but there is no physical connection to the thing that is going on with you. Like you cannot say I'm like this because this. This is going on with me because of this. You don't know why it is like that. I'm talking to the wrong people. I'm saying, there are things in your life and in my life that you cannot trace the actual origin of it. But it is physically present in your life. When I have a running tummy, I can trace it to, maybe I went to a funeral and I overate. Oh my God. You went for two rounds. Funeral DJ, you overate at the general. That's why you're having a running tummy. But when you are having running tummy every week, no matter what you eat, sometimes you don't even eat, but you are still having a running tummy. And then you've gone to the hospital, they can't trace it. They are telling you your, your, your stomach is fine. <laughs> Yet you know your stomach is not fine. They are saying to you, there's nothing wrong. But you say, no, stop. I know you are saying there's nothing wrong. I can tell you there's something wrong. That is now another manipulation. What is happening has got nothing to do with this realm. It's from another side. But it is affecting this side. I'm closing this service. I don't think you guys, you are not interested in my things. A lot 
of Christians cannot explain why I come to church. I love God. I even serve God. I do a lot of things in the church. I'm involved in the work of God. But I cannot fully understand why my things go the way they go. But I have ruled out witchcraft because I'm a child of God. I cannot have, I mean, I don't even think of such a thing. But I didn't rule out drunkenness from, 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 from my life. I didn't rule out je- hatred. I didn't rule out jealousy. I didn't rule out all these other things. But I have ruled out witchcraft. I said, no, no, no. There can never be witchcraft involved in my life. I didn't rule out sexual sin. I see it. But I didn't accept that because there's sexual sin in my life, I'm no more a Christian. But for some reason, I feel if there is witchcraft, I can never be a Christian again. This is why witchcraft is thriving in the church. Because Christians don't believe witchcraft can happen to them. Galatians 3 verse 1. You foolish Galatians. Who has what? Bewitched you. Who has what? Paul is talking to Christians. How can you be talking to a Christian? Holy Ghost filled. God's servant. And you are saying that bewitched. Give me the NLT of the same verse. Let me show you something. We don't have much time. You need to go online. This message is online 100%. It's hot. Online It's hot. It's hot. It's hot. Because of some of you, you are trying to intimidate me. I can't preach the way I want to preach. I want to say certain things that you are making it look like it's not real. Oh, you foolish Galatians. Who has cast an evil spell? So an evil spell can be cast on a Christian. And you'll be surprised that it will work. It is because Christians don't think it can happen to them. Just with people because they are coming to church. Do you understand? They are coming, but they, they have seen sexual immorality happen to them even though they are coming to church. They have seen jealousy happening to them even though they are coming to church. But they don't believe that witchcraft can also happen to them even though they are coming to church. That one, they, they, don't, no, they don't accept it. They don't accept it. Who has cast an evil spell on you? Can it be possible that a Christian is bewitched? Very possible. Very, very possible. You you really need to go and listen to the message online. Because I don't have time. Online, I have shared it practically. I give thousands of examples in scripture. And let me just give you one for the sake of time. Luke 4, 33. In the synagogue. What is a synagogue? Church. A church. A synagogue is a church. In the synagogue, there was a man. In the synagogue, in the church. Who had a spirit. And that spirit was not the Holy Spirit. A spirit 
of an unclean demon inside him, but he is in the synagogue. If you think that being in the church has saved you from every satanic manipulation, brother, you have to think again. You really have to think again because you could be sitting here this morning and you are a clear victim of manipulations. But because you are coming to church, you say, no, 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 it can never happen to me. No, 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 I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. You are a child of God. Salvation is not a guarantee from satanic manipulation. A clear example. Peter is in the presence of Jesus, the author of salvation. One minute, who am I? Thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Ah, Peter, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. But my father who is in heaven. So Jesus attests that Peter has the Holy Spirit. Three verses later. Just three verses. Not another chapter. Same chapter. Three verses later. Jesus is addressing the same Peter. He says, get thee behind me. Who? Satan. How can it be that one second, one minute, the Holy Ghost is using you. The next minute, Satan himself has entered. And you need the discernment of Jesus to notice that this Peter is no more the same Peter. The Peter that just said earlier, you are the Christ, is not the same Peter speaking now. Another person is speaking now. But us, everybody is the same every day. As long as you are coming to church, you are the same. I don't know what has happened since last week you were here until today because that was the same chapter. But we had seven days apart. Baba, let's close this service. These people don't want to hear these things. Don't want to hear this. In the synagogue, right in the church, right in the church. The other one, right in the presence of Jesus. <laughs> right in the presence of Jesus. Judas entered Satan right in the Lord's Supper's meal. As Jesus is there having the Lord's Supper, Satan entered Judas. And that led to the death of Jesus Christ. Only God knows what was happening to this man with this spirit inside him. A good Christian going to church, yet there's a manipulation that is going on. And you don't think there's anything happening to you. Because I'm going to church. Even the church are not going very well. So I don't even know why you are talking. I'm saying you're, even your church that you are saying you are going, you are not going to church very well. That is another deception. If we even take church attendance, that one is even a problem already. But people are still believing that no, nothing can happen. I'm, I'm okay, I'm, I'm sorted. Okay, pastor, you are making sense. But how do I know if maybe in my life there could be something like that? Can I give you a few, few signs? Okay, how do I know that maybe, pastor, just maybe, I mean, I'm not giving you full uh, approval. I, I, I don't know if even what you are saying is stupid. But even though I'm using scriptures, so I'm, I've been using scriptures. Okay, by the way, I've been using scriptures. I've been using the word of God. But somebody here saying, Pastor, okay, how can I check it in my life? Who is saying that here? Pastor, how, how can I check in my life if maybe something like this could be happening? Do you know the first thing to check? Check your dreams. 
Amen. Amen. Check what? Your dreams. You see, you are living in a physical world. But this world is not the only world. There's a spiritual one. Now, because you are, when you are conscious, you are in this world, so you are seeing everything, you are thinking this is it. As soon as you sleep in this world, your spirit that never sleeps enters the real world. And from that moment, the happenings of your spirit are a message to you of what your world, your actual world is all about. That's why when people fall asleep, we say they are half dead. Because, you see, there is a day you fall asleep and you not wake up. Then you will not be in the spirit world properly. But sleep gives you a little taste of the other world. When your physical body is inactive, your spirit starts exploring that world. To a little degree, then you wake up. Now, God uses dreams to communicate things to you that he knows you are not able to understand. Job, sit down. Job 33 verse 18, verse 14. For God speaks again and again, though people do not recognize it. (laughs) God is always speaking to you, but you don't recognize God is speaking to you. God is always speaking. All right. He speaks where? In dreams. In dreams. Brother, when you joke with your dreams, you have made one of your most vital mistakes. Like when and like I was teaching last week, people who eat in the night in the night, they don't know their dreams. You remember what I thought last week? That when you are a person that you eat in the night, you forget your dreams every day. You are in deep trouble. It means even when God tells you something in a dream, you can't remember it. That's why eating in the dream is very dangerous. Very, very dangerous. Some of you are like, eh? 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 you were not here last week, that's why. Eh? What, is it? what did he just say? I remember last night I was in KFC. What is he saying? I even had mohodu. I had mohodu with some, some vegetables. Wow. Your dreams. God says, I speak in dreams, in visions of the night. When deep sleep falls on people as they lie in their beds. When you are in your bed, God comes and he will speak to you in a dream, in a vision of the night. When you are in a deep sleep, and a deep sleep is not far from death. Some of you will sleep so much they can even carry you. Take you outside, wash you, bring you back, and you wake up, you don't know what happened to you. There are people that, that do things in their sleep, they can't remember what they did. Oh, they wake up, go make tea, drink the tea, go back and sleep, and they can't remember they made tea and they slept. 
Yeah, it's called sleepwalking. Sleepwalking. They move around. The way you guys are quiet, it's as if you are doing those things. That, that's why you, are, you can't even say anything. I'm saying that people in their dreams, they wake up physically, they do a lot of things, and they go back and sleep, and they don't remember they did it. It's because a dream, when you are asleep, it's as if you are dead. That's why the day we die, we actually not enter that realm. And woe to those who didn't sort themselves out. That's why you don't sort yourself out in the dream. You sort yourself out in this realm. So when you go in the dream, you can sort things out there. I just said something very powerful. You know that? I just said something very, very powerful. It's too late to sort things out when you are in the dream. If you didn't pray during the, in this realm, when you enter the dream, you will be whipped. Have you seen this? In the name of you are trying to say but, but, but see, when we are in this we can say Jesus, 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 Jesus but if you don't say Jesus here when you enter there now you are trying to say Jesus then they say no, 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 you are saying Jesus at the wrong place we don't say Jesus here you have to say Jesus there first a lot of Jesus there so when you come here Anything you say will work. But in this realm, the physical, you are not saying anything. You are not praying. You are not involving yourself in anything. When you enter there, they fought with knife, machete, cutlass, sticks. You fall and you, you run, you fall. You close the door, the door open by itself. There you see this thing is coming for you. Say, ah, 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 Jesus. Modimo. 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 This is the wrong place. This is the wrong place. It's the wrong place. It's the wrong place. Check your dreams. Look at verse 16. Are you blessed? He whispers, listen, he whispers in their ears and terrifies them with warnings. I love that statement. God terrifies us with warnings. What does that mean? When you see your dream, you'll be afraid. But God is making you afraid to warn you of something worse coming. He terrifies you with warnings. It is warning. It is not to really scare you. It is to warn you that there's something going on. You are not paying attention. But something wrong is happening to you. And the dreams are getting worse and worse. And you are feeling, I don't want to sleep. No, it's not about the sleep. It's the warning. He's giving you a warning. He's telling you something. He's telling you something. He's telling you there are people that are fighting you. You don't see them, but they are there. Warnings. Terrifies them with warnings. He makes them turn from their wrongdoings. He keeps them from pride. He protects them from the grave. From crossing over to the river of death. God is doing all of this using your dreams. So check your dreams. 
your dreams are a very great indication of what is happening to you. Very great indication. You cannot be a strong Christian and your dreams are always dreams of defeat. Dreams of being beaten. Dreams. No, it's not possible. It's not possible. The consistency and regularity of your dream is a message in itself. Things are not okay. There are people every night they dream of somebody sleeping with them. People every night they dream of this happening to them. Every I'm every night or almost every night, somebody is following them. They dream of snakes every night or ever so often, and you think it's nothing. You think it's nothing. You think it's just a dream. Oh no, you're making a mistake. You're making a mistake. Check your dreams. Number two, check your progress. Check your progress. One of the signs that you are under satanic manipulation, everything is slow. Everything takes forever. Most things never happen. Is there progress? Is there progress? After five years, is there progress? After ten years, is there progress? Oh, we are turning in circles. God is always taking his people from point A to point B. He told them, you've been around this mountain long enough. No, you need to get out of here. This is not how I work. You know, I don't work like this. Why are you always in the same issue? Same thing. Every year. Check the progress. Check the dreams. Check the progress. When you are under the influence of the Holy Spirit and the assistance of angels, there's progress. There's motion. Things are happening. I'm telling you, miracles will be taking place. Things will be happening. You'll be getting breakthroughs. You'll be having testimonies after testimonies that, no, this was not supposed to happen, but God came through for me and it happened. I was not supposed to get this job, but God came through for me and I got the job. This and this and this and this. You will always have something to say. They'll go from glory to glory. And when you are under satanic manipulation, you will have all the degrees. You will have all the, uh, the CV, everything. Fools will take the place. You will never believe and you will never understand. I mean, what is going on? There's no progress. Or if there is progress, it's so low. It's so little. It's literally close to nothing. Number three, check your happiness. It is impossible to be consistently unhappy when you are under the influence of the Holy Spirit. It's not possible. You are always sad. You are always crying. You are always disturbed. You are always, I mean like, always. You always have a sad story. story. Always. No. Some people have been so sad. Their facial expression has changed. It has resumed the facial expression of a sad being. Like, there's no joy. There's no joy. Because joy hasn't visited that life for years. Even when they are watching comedy, they can't laugh. No, they feel it's not funny. They are even offended. They are offended at the, the comedian. 
Trevor Noah, you are, you are, you are wasting my time. I'm, te- I'm teaching very important things. It's like we are joking here. But the things I'm sharing this morning, eh, you better listen to me. You better, I'm telling you the truth. You could be sitting here. If you could know what's happening. What's happening? The happiness. Is there happiness? Oh, we cry ever so often in this house. Ever so often we have to have a discussion about a bad story. A bad thing that has happened. Always. Do we ever have joyful moments on a regular basis? The Bible says that shouts of joy are in the tent of the righteous. It's a scripture. Shouts of joy are in the tent of the righteous. Shouts of joy. Shouts of joy are in the tent of the righteous. Not shouts of, of cries of mourning. Wow. Quickly this morning, how do I break the power of witchcraft? How? How do I break this thing? Eh, Pastor, me, I don't need to break anything. There's nothing wrong. Okay, fine. Let me help the others. Well, now you are okay. It's okay. Is there somebody here that says, Pastor, please help me. Me, I need help. I need help on this thing. I want to know how to break it. I want to know how to break it. Ephesians. I'm saying I'm cutting everything short, 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 short. I'm begging you, if you love your life, go on YouTube. Go on Castbox. Maybe you've never gone to Castbox in your life. Let this be the first time you're going to go to here. Something that can change your life. I'm begging you. I'm just begging you, please. If you love your life, don't say you understand what I'm saying. Go and listen again. Go and listen again. Yeah. Ephesians 6, from verse 10 to 18. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. Say amen. Amen. And in the power of his might, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all, to stand. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having showed your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, take the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always in this, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplications for all the saints. 
That's the key. In this portion of scripture, Paul gave 12 keys to defeat witchcraft in your life. Because he's telling you, you are not just against flesh and blood, against this, against That's what we're talking about. Those principalities. And then he's telling you what to do to fight them. For the sake of time, I'm going to give you two or three. And you really need to have to go online yourself. And say, you know, I need to listen to this. I need to watch this. Number one, be a strong Christian. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. Let me start saying, be a Christian. Because you cannot even be a strong Christian if you are not a Christian in the first place. First of all, be a Christian. You cannot fight Satan with Satan. You are still in his kingdom. How can you defeat him? How can you fight him? You are his property. Sister, I'm not saying go to church. I'm saying become a Christian. <laughs> There's a difference. You can go to church. I mean, Nicodemus was a pastor, but he was not born again. What is salvation? God has translated us from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of the son of his love. Salvation involves a change of position. You leave a certain kingdom and you enter another kingdom. You cannot fight a kingdom when you are still a citizen of that kingdom. How can you have war against South Africa but you are South African? Become a Christian. One. Two. Become a strong Christian. Finally, my brethren, be strong. Be strong. Don't be weak in the things of God. Don't be weak when it comes to your Bible. Don't be weak when it comes to prayer. Don't be weak when it comes to spiritual things. When you are weak, you cannot fight this war. You can't fight it. You can't fight it. A lot of Christians are strong in sports. They are strong in this. They are strong in that. But in the Lord, they are weak. Weak. They are strong in news. They are strong in this. You must find them. The same person. Strong. Knows everybody in Manchester. He knows everybody in Chelsea. Uh, in, uh, uh, he knows everybody here. He knows everything here. Some of you are strong in cosmetics. You know Avon. You know uh, 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 this one. You know everything. Foundation. This, that. But are you strong in the Lord? In the Lord, not in your not in your hobby, in the Lord. That's the first step. Be strong in the Lord. If you're gonna fight against these invisible guys, you cannot be weak in the Lord. You cannot be weak in the Lord. When was the last time you read your Bible? Do you even remember? When was the last time you prayed for even 10 minutes? <laughs> I don't want to say it. I, I, I cannot mention an hour. If I mention an hour now, the, the microphone will fall by itself. <laughs> so that you've prayed for just 10 minutes by yourself somewhere. These are the people that want to defeat invisible enemies. These are the people that want to defeat witchcraft. No prayer life. No word life. When was the last time you forgave people that hurt you? 
It takes a lot of spiritual strength to forgive people. Christians are moving around with unforgiveness and hatred. How can you fight Satan when you are full of hatred? Only love conquers all, not hatred. You see, even the character of Christ is not there. It's not there. Many times you don't come to church, not because you are busy. You don't want to come. No, you don't want to come. Yeah, you've just, you decide to die, I'm not going there. Is it by force? I'm not going. I'm not coming there. You are not. Hey, look, it's not that there are a lot of occupation. You just decided that today I'm not going. So when it comes to the Lord, you are weak. You are weak. Many Christians are living in sexual sin and they have normalized it. They come to church and they have a boyfriend, a girlfriend, they are sleeping around. They've just read the scripture. Paul said, sexual immorality, you will never enter the kingdom of God. But we are claiming, no, me, I'm going to enter there. Ah, Jesus is my brother. <laughs> Jesus is my brother. I'm entering there. Okay, take me back to that verse. Is it there? The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Tell the neighbor, it's obvious. It's obvious. It's obvious. I don't know why you are complicating it. It's obvious. Number one is what? Okay, let's go to the last verse. 21. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not do what? And you need to be in the kingdom of God to defeat the kingdom of darkness. You cannot defeat the kingdom of darkness if you are not in the kingdom of God. But already there are a lot of things that are stopping you from being in the kingdom of God. Yet that is where you have to be to defeat these guys. So we just create our own Christianity. No, I'm going to go to church when I can and it's, it's okay, it's okay. No, look, you can have proper Christianity. But it's going to cost. We have to be strong. We have to be very strong. We have to be very strong. Christians of today, you cannot ask them to invite somebody to church. They don't have anything to say. They don't know what to say. You cannot say to them, go and tell this person about Jesus. They don't know what to say. That's the Christians of today. No spiritual capacity. How can you defeat spirits without spiritual capacity? It is time to become strong in God. Strong, 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 strong. Like you are hard, but for Jesus. Christian can fast. I mean, when I moved to Kalayan, I assume. That, no, we are all fasting. I remember one day, you know, just in passing, I asked, okay, God, who fasted this week? Ah! <laughs> I felt like I was a penguin in Kenya. Do you know that? <laughs> a penguin in Kenya. Who fasted this week? Eh? What? what? Fast what? Fast? What is that? What are you talking about? We don't know that thing. Fast. 
if I asked you now, when was the last time you fasted? You'll be surprised. You'll be surprised. Pastor, when I think about it, I've never fasted. I mean, I've never fasted. Oh, when I wanted to lose weight. Then I tried and I didn't even manage. I didn't manage. Strong in the Lord. Strong in the Lord. Strong in the Lord. Strong in the Lord. In this church, there will be people who can fast. In this church, there will be people who can pray for one hour. In this church, there will be people who can talk about Jesus. In this church, in this church, there will be people who can live a life of purity. Till they get married. Till they get married. It's very possible. And I can tell you, there are actually already a good number of them in this church. Yeah, don't think all of us are sleeping around. I'm saying don't think all of us are sleeping around. There are people that are fighting for the spirit. Be strong in the Lord. Another one, don't put too much focus on people. If you're going to fight evil enemies, don't put too much focus on people. He said we wrestle not against flesh and blood. You cannot defeat witchcraft if you are putting your eyes on that neighbor of yours. She's a witch. She's a witch. Even the way she looked at me this morning. Mm. She's a witch. Okay, okay. She could be a witch, but you are doing a wrong thing. You are focusing on her. But she is just a vessel that is being used. Don't put your focus on her. Put your focus on the force behind her. That is the main thing you should be focusing on. Some of you are not talking to your uncle. Oh, he's a witch. He's a witch. I can't talk to him. He's a witch. He's a witch. She's a witch. You are focusing too much on people. And you cannot win this war if your focus is on people. When you focus on people, you just start hating them. You don't pray. You are hating them. Look at it. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Don't focus too much. God can even reveal to you, this person is fighting you. Don't focus too much on the person. They are using a power behind Focus on that power. And that's what I'm trying to teach you this morning. Don't focus too much on people. Are you here? Oh yes, oh yes, oh yes, oh yes. Another one. Know the truth, speak the truth. Know the truth. I can't hear you. Know the truth. Speak the truth. The Bible talks of the belt of truth around your waist. The the belt holds things. If if I remove my if I remove my belt here now, I mean people will jump and I just hey no 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 because the belt holds things in place. When your belt is removed things fall apart. And everything about your life, it sustains 
by truth. Truth. It holds things together. And what is the truth? The word of God. You shall know the truth. And the truth will do what? Set you free. I wish I could tell you that Jesus says, you shall pray and prayer shall set you free. Because a lot of Christians, they, they are, you know, they say, no, I'm prayer warrior. Prayer warrior. Some of the most banned people you know are prayer warriors. They pray, they don't read. They pray, they don't meditate. But you know the truth and the truth sets you free. The truth. The truth. Number two, speak the truth. Speak the truth. A lot of us are victims of witchcraft, but we will never say it. We will never say it. We will continue pretending everything is okay. We come to church and say, oh, pastor, oh, God is good. You know, when I think of the goodness of the Lord, I can't help but give him praise. When I think of the mercies of my father, some people laugh that they were molested. <laughs> properly molested but they will put nice makeup look good and come and pretend that's why the oppression has continued because you are not speaking the truth you are not speaking the truth I said if I tell them they'll, they'll, they'll judge me I'm not, saying tell, I'm not saying take this microphone come and say eh, people of God last night hey 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 it was too bad. It was too bad. In fact, I, I, it's by grace I'm standing here. No. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. You don't go to every Tom and Jerry. You just start telling everybody. No. Find a pastor. Find a leader. And open up. Pastor, every night, this is what is going on. Pastor, you, you, I, I always look good at you, but actually my life is no good. This is what's going on in my life. Speak the truth. Speak the truth. Stop pretending. Be honest about what happened. Be honest. Perfect pretenders. That's why many of us, our children don't come to church. You know, because they see we are pretending. They see how we are pretending. You come to church, you are this person. As soon as you go home, you are a different person. So they say, no, no, this thing is not real. There are still Sangomas visiting Christians' homes, cleansing them. Speak the truth. Find a person you can open up to. A leader, tell them, you know what? This is what is going on. I used to do this. I became a Christian, but I've never stopped doing it. Or it is still following me. You will see how quickly you will be helped if you become honest. Very quickly. Number three, or whatever number, I'm just touching few. Live right. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate is put here. Right? Breast. Plate. Two words. The, a plate for the breast. Breastplate. So it was a, it's something you put in front. What is the most important thing you have in front here? It's your heart. It's your heart. 
is your heart. Out of your heart flows the issues of your life. Live right. Live right. Live right. You cannot fight Satan when you have his things in your hands. Jesus said in John 14 verse 30, I will no longer talk much with you for the ruler of this world is coming. He has nothing in me. He has nothing in me. You can't fight Satan when his staff are in you. Jesus was telling the people, I can say Satan is coming, but he has nothing in me. In other words, his helicopter will not have a landing site. There's nothing to land on. Satan can never land in your life if he has nothing in you. He needs something for him to land. He has nothing in me. Live right. Try your best. Trust God to help you. Ah, Christians that are in everything, they are there. How can you defeat Satan? He has a lot in you. <laughs> a lot. The investment is speaking. How can you defeat him? Many people in this church will be able to say one day, he has nothing in me. He has nothing. He has nothing. He has nothing. I have cut anything I knew. The ones I cannot cut, I have left them to God to help me cut them. But willingly, I have never given Satan any place anymore. He has nothing in me. Am I talking to the ratchet? Number nine, whatever number. Whatever, whatever the number is. Discipline your thoughts. The helmet of salvation. What is the helmet for? To protect what? The head. Helmet of salvation. Helmet of salvation. You'll be surprised, my brother, that witchcraft work in the mind. A lot. <laughs> you'll be shocked that Satan doesn't enter your dreams until he first enters your mind. Have you noticed that? You go and watch a movie. Harry Potter. You are watching Harry Potter. Is it Harry Potter they call him, this guy? Those, those funny movies you people watch. The thing enters the mind. To your amazement, when you go to sleep, how? The thing has entered where? Your dream. Because things enter your mind, then they enter your dreams. Most of the time. It is in your dream because it is in your mind. I just said something. It is in your dreams because it is where? In your mind. It is in your mind. Oh, pastor, I wasn't thinking about it. You don't need to think about it today. It is somewhere there. Let the word of God wash it. The helmet of salvation to protect the mind. Protect the mind. Protect the mind. Protect the mind. You can't fight Satan. Your mind is exposed to every thought he's giving you. Or you will never defeat these demons. Oh, it's true. I'm too weak. There's nothing I can do. He's working in the mind. He's weakening the mind. 
after he weakened the man, when you are saying, let's pray, you can't pray. Because he has weakened the mind. Or you will never defeat them. It's not true. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. My God will take you down. You see, you are responding to the things in the mind. Don't allow your mind to become Satan's football ground. Last one for the time I have. Pray in tongues, always. Ephesians 6 verse 18. He says, praying always. Oh, praying sometimes. Praying once in a while. Praying when? Always. With all prayer and supplication. How? In the spirit. In the spirit. People of God, thank you for your time. God bless you. Listen. If you could turn your bedroom into a prayer zone, it will, it will limit a lot of these things that are happening. A lot of these things that are happening. Have you ever prayed in tongues in that bedroom? Have you ever prayed in the spirit in that bedroom before? Have you ever entered your house and you are over? I mean, this is not my suggestion. This is the word of God to us. He says, praying always in all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Why? Because you are fighting spirits. You cannot fight something. He has given you the weapon to you. You have to pray in the spirit. Can I tell you something? As soon as you start praying in the spirit, you enter the spirit realm. That's why Satan, you know, he has always tried to convince people, don't pray in tongues. Because he wants to control you. As soon as you start praying in the spirit, you enter the spirit realm. Immediately. And demons don't like that. Because you are now attacking them. That's why this must be something you do. You should be able to enter your room. Me precasote precalamantere palavrande. Enterprezete capote palama. Prache precalamantonama. You see, you are looking at me confused. You are very confused. Eh? What is this? That is what it is. And if you are not doing this, you are missing out on a lot of things. That your bedroom must become a fire room. No, it was in the room they were and the Bible says in the door of Pentecost they were a mighty rushing wind and then tongues of fire were on, tongues of fire tongues of fire, spiritual tongues fire you wake up at now represente kapola mantere pazaba prekente zika tole pelemande I'm teaching you how to fight. You are looking at me. I'm teaching you how we fight. This is how you fight. You cannot spend the whole Some of you, eh? Your snoring is like 
BMW, you know, they know the, they know. <laughs> And the sister that's snoring like a serene. Are you a serene? Like I just. The time has come. You wake up, shepre katala mantere katolama enterprise katele panto meka stand up and begin to pray. Maya katepele mandanama ratakata. Can you pray in the spirit? Can you pray in the spirit? Can you pray in the spirit right now? Right now? Right now? Right now? Right now? If you can pray here, where can you pray? Can you pray in the spirit for a few minutes? Shale kapala mandara baraba. Let's get in prayer, get in prayer, engage in prayer. Break out in prayer, break out in prayer, break out in prayer. You're breaking down altars. You're breaking down altars. You're breaking down altars. You're breaking down altars. Hallelujah. Every witchcraft is being broken down. Every plan of the witch is being broken down. You are inviting the help of the Holy Spirit. You are inviting the help of the Holy Spirit. Bust out in tongues. Bust out in tongues. Break out in tongues. Break out in tongues. There are altars that are being flattened. There are altars that are being flattened. There are altars that are being flattened. As you stand up and pray. Do not be shy. Do not be shy. Do not be shy. Break out in tongues. Break out in tongues. Stand up yourself in the Holy Spirit. Stand up yourself in the Holy Spirit. Stand up yourself in the Holy Spirit. We have been drawn out. We have been drawn out. We have been drawn out. We have been drawn out from altars. I see God pulling you. 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 God is pulling you out. God is pulling you out. God is pulling you out. Through your prayers, you are defeating enemies. In your prayers, you are defeating enemies. Every demonic plan, every demonic covenant that was made without you knowing, it has been broken this afternoon. Every demonic covenant has been broken this afternoon. You are regaining yourself. You are regaining yourself. You are regaining yourself. 
Break out in your tongues. Break out in your tongues. This is the only key. This is your time. Fight back. 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 Reclaim your life. Reclaim your life. Reclaim your destiny. Reclaim your destiny. Reclaim your destiny. Light has come. Your light has come. Arise and shine. Your light has come. Rise and shine in prayer. Shine in prayer. Shine in prayer. Shine in prayer. God is setting you free this evening. God is setting you free this afternoon. Any spiritual manipulation that has no authority from God is being nullified in your life. It's been nullified in your life. Somebody is being set free. Somebody is being set free. Somebody is being set free. Somebody is breaking the power of witchcraft. Somebody is breaking the power of witchcraft. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. They shall see you no more. Those altars that call your name in the night shall see you no more. Those spirits that know that at a certain time you are sleeping, when they come after today, they will find you. Those spirits that know that this one loves to eat, they know that this one loves food. Oh, they will find you fasting and waiting on the Lord. They will find you fasting and waiting on the Lord. They will be offering you plates. Because you are being set free. You are being set free. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for sending a wave this afternoon. Thank you for anointing your servant for us. Hey, my prayer altar shall be lit up. My prayer altar shall be lit up. Oh, Jesus. My position in the spirit will be on my knees. Come on, softly. God is delivering somebody this afternoon. Through the anointing upon our pastor, through the message, broken altars have been broken today. 
Demonic altars have been broken today. Oh, Jesus. In Jesus' precious name, we are praying. Now, with every eyes closed and every head bowed, every eyes closed and every head bowed, God has started something beautiful this afternoon. God has reached out. And through our pastor, God has spoken to us. I believe somebody here, God has spoken to you with every eyes closed and every head bowed. If you are here, you're saying, I want to make Jesus my Lord and Savior. I want him to be my Lord and Savior. I want to give my life to Jesus. <clears throat> if that is you this afternoon, with the count of three, I want you to raise up your right hand. When I get to three, you're saying, Shepherd, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to give my, I'm tired of living my life outside of his head, outside of his covering. I want to give my life to Jesus and I want to be under his covering. If that is you, when I get to the count of three, I want you to raise up your right hand so high. Do not be shy. If that is you, when I get to the count of three, I want you to raise up your hand and say, I want to give my life to Jesus. I'm making this decision this afternoon. It is me. One, two, three. Raise up your right hand if that is you. I want to give my life to Jesus. Raise up your right hand. Raise it up high. Don't be shy. Many hands are rising. Every eye closed, every head bowed, please. I want to give my life to Jesus. Raise up your hand. I want to be part of this kingdom. I want you to be my head. <clears throat> I'm going to count to three again. You're saying, I've never given my life to Christ. Today, I want to give my life to Jesus. One, two, three. Raise up your right hand. Raise up your right hand. Thank you, Jesus. Many hands are rising. You can take it down. And if you're here, you're saying, I want to recommit my life back to Jesus. I've taken my life back at some point. You know you can take your life back. You give it to Jesus and you take it back. And say, I make decisions. But you've realized that it has led to destruction, pain, and defeat. And this afternoon you're saying, I want to give it back. I want to, recomm I want to recommit my life back to Jesus. If that is you, when I get to the count of three, I want you to also raise up your hand. Saying, Shepherd, I'm giving my life back to Jesus. I'm giving my life back to Jesus. One, two, three. Raise up your hand if that is you. Recommitting my life back to Jesus. Recommitting my life back to the Father. Thank you. Now if you raised up your hands to either one of the altar calls, when I get to three, I want you to take a bold step to come join me in front. Please, everybody's eyes closed, every head bowed. I want you to bring yourself and your possessions. Come stand with me here in front. When I get to three, I want you to come to the front and stand with me here. One, two, three. Come join me. Come join me. Come join me. Come join me. If you raised up your hands to the Father, come join me. Come join me. There is, there is, there is peace. There is salvation. One, two, three. Come join me. 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 Come on, church. Let's encourage them. Let us encourage them as they're coming. 
Let us encourage them as they're coming. Please, my brother, you can go this way. Go a bit this way. You move a bit this way. Let's go this way. Come, let's go this way. Let's go this way. Come on, we can move this way. You can move this way. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know, our pastor shared with us that the evidence of such things, of witchcraft, of jealousy, drunkenness, they can be in you. And this afternoon, I want to offer somebody an opportunity that you can break out and remove these things by accepting the Lord Jesus or by coming back to Jesus. So I want us to, I'm going to count to three again. If you're here and you know that these things are a part of my life, I, let me tell you something. If you've given your life to Jesus, these things have no room. If you've given your life to Jesus, they will not have space to operate. And I'm giving you an opportunity this afternoon to come to the altar of God and say, I give Jesus authority. I give Jesus authority. Just the statement alone in the spiritual realm is powerful. The very presence of Jesus in your life removes certain things. Witchcraft can stand it. So if you are here and you're not standing with us, I want to give you an opportunity to come join us. You're saying, Shepherd, these things have run my life far too long. I'm giving myself to Jesus today. One, two, three. Come join me as they come join me. Come join us. Come join us. Break the hold they have on you. Do not be afraid and give them power to reign. There's an opportunity for you this afternoon to stand before God and receive Him. And I'm telling you, those things that Pastor mentioned, drunkenness, jealousy, will start to leave you. One, two, three. Come accept Jesus. Come accept Jesus. Amen. Those of us that are here, let us lift up our hands to the Lord. Let us lift up our hands to the Lord. I want you to repeat after me and say, Dear Lord Jesus, Dear Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you this afternoon. Forgive me my sins and wash me with your blood. I believe that you died for me and on the third day you rose again that I might be justified. Right now, I believe that my sins are forgiven. I'm justified by your blood. I'm saved. I'm restored. I am a child of God. I am free from the power of sin. I am free from the power of darkness to serve the living God. Thank you, Jesus, for restoring me, for saving me, and for accepting me. In Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, I pray for the souls that are standing here. I pray that your word be made evident in their life. I pray that you protect them, you guide them, 
You be with them and walk with them. Father, Holy Spirit, I'm asking for your counsel and your help to help them in the decisions they are making. Every demonic altar that has captured their mind by the mighty name of Jesus and the blood that was shed on the cross, it's been broken tonight and this afternoon. Whatever you should visit them in their dreams, I'll visit them no more. Father, may the altar of prayer be enlightened in their life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. May God bless you. Remember to subscribe to receive our latest service notifications and to share the link. You can also watch our pastor, Pastor Pascal, live on our Facebook page, Alive Bible Church HQ, or on our YouTube channel, Alive Bible Church SA. Remember, you are alive to give life. Thank you.